In this episode of Full Stack Radio, Adam and I discuss how it sucks when you're forced to change billing platforms. And then we embark upon a deep dive on the merits of Adam's favorite solutions. We also talk about my recent Radical Icon launch and promotional strategy regrets, which thankfully has a bit of a silver lining. And in static news, the W3C drops WordPress and narrows the choice of their next CMS down to Statomic and Craft. This is Full Stack Radio, episode 149. How's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you? Not bad. Busy week, but uh, whatever. Yeah, same here. I just had my uh, best friend from New York in town all weekend, which was awesome. That's cool. That was very cool. And then we have friends from New York that had moved to North Carolina coming in today. So he left this morning, had to leave for the airport at four. They're coming this afternoon. They're going to be here for a week. Then Jen's parents are here. We have like guests like all month. I think that's what busy? happens when you live in Florida and yes, the weather we starts to get cold. <laughs> we were warned and we were like, oh, that sounds awesome. Love everybody we love and know. And like in practice, when they, they don't even give us a day in between, you're like, oh, God. Yeah. But yeah. what can you do? That's it. Still, Not complaining. I mean, it's going to be that's good. That's good. That is yeah. one of the responsibilities you take on as a Florida homeowner, just like a pickup owner takes on, you know? You yeah, buy exactly. A pickup truck, yep. you're helping people move stuff. You buy a house That's in Florida, it. you're hosting people during the winter. That's just 100%. part of the deal. There's no way around it. Yeah. So, what do we do on this show anymore? Are we in it? I we're we're always in it. I'm pretty sure, right? We're just always okay. in the show. We're always in the yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's new and exciting? I saw you released Radical Icons. Uh, when was that? Thursday. I did. Wednesday. Yeah, that was. It was. Thursday. I released it on my birthday. So yes, that was Thursday. Happy birthday wanted... to you, Mr. Oh, Jack. I never... <laughs> I, that's going to be my new ringtone. Adam Watson sings happy birthday to me in a sultry voice. It's wonderful. Dude, don't birthdays suck as like a fully grown human being? There's like nothing to look forward to about no, them. Not really at all. Not even like gifts anymore i don't know my wife is always complaining to me that i'm the hardest person to buy like christmas presents for because (laughs) if i want something i just buy it yeah and if and most of the things i want are business expensable so it's like it's actually better if you buy it yeah yeah so there's literally nothing i don't know what she's done that's been good in the past has been like like uh, event tickets and stuff like that, but of course, yeah, totally. like, that's not an Events. option uh, anymore. Yeah, um, so at least not not up there. It's starting to become an option down here in Florida. Yeah, yeah, but still a little bit. Yeah, it's touch and go on some of that stuff. I did. I mean, th- the evening was nice. Had uh, had a good dinner. Had family over, so that was fun. And my wife bought me uh, original Game Boy, which okay. I mean, if you know me, that's pretty nice. Yep, that's good. That's Does that nice. just go in like a glass case or is that just It's on my shelf. Yeah. Now I'm I'm on eBay bidding for my like my old game collection so I can nice. uh, <laughs> have that nostalgic experience again. Dude, the sound when you turn it on, I should have grabbed it and brought it in here. The ding that yeah. sound. Dude. Bring just like sends like shivers down Gives your spine. Gives me chills. I feel like I'm on a <laughs> I'm in the back of my parents' blue station wagon and it's nighttime and I'm playing Zelda by the light of streetlights flying by, yep. one up to the other. I'm like, who? And there it is. And, there it is. and hey, and I. Yeah, because there's like no backlight, right? On the original yeah. one. I never had the flip down magnifying glass with the light. <laughs> I wanted it, but it was like $35. Oh, and it was like, do I 
do I buy the light or do I buy another game? And it was always another game. Always another game. Just procrastinating always? and procrastinating. Yes. Yeah. Who, who has the money as a kid? I mean, some people do, but yeah. I didn't. I blew it as soon as I had it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But anyway, you, you uh, Radical Icons, something I launched on Thursday. It's not like this big thing. I, uh, I wanted to see if I could put something together in one day and have it have enough value for people to buy it. So mm-hmm. I did that. Uh, kind of the icons are, I drew them all in one day, but uh, they are kind of based off stuff that I've been dry, drawing a lot for my site. So it's not like it was all, like I had to sit there and come up with like 200 ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah, because originally but, I thought like I recognized them from like the Statimix site because you had all those like fancy Little twirly arrows and stuff. And, yep, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, if you if you go through, you'll see that they are all unique. So that my current projects all have unique ones, and then uh, no one will be like, "Hey, did you steal that off the Statimix site or off like Jack's website?" Like now they're all, you mm-hmm. know, all all original. So they're just kind of unique to this little package. And uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, not like a game changer or anything. I think it sold seventy one seventy. If I don't count your purchase that i'm fairly certain you're never gonna use for any anything i mean i appreciate Maybe. it but. i don't know <laughs> you know could be if my friends make things i buy them that's just how it goes <laughs> that, I, I do the same thing i like I, to i think a lot of people have this built-in mentality which is wrong which is if your friends make things you expect to get them from your friends for free i think the reverse mm. mentality is a correct mentality buy i things agree from with your you. friends that you won't even use rather than ask for things that you would use from them for free it's true. It I I do that, and I've I've not used things before, and I'm not asking for a refund. I'm glad they made it, and if it yeah. made their day, it's great. Totally. So, uh, yeah, I I I will say in terms of just people listening, and I did something wrong. I made a mistake in the way I marketed these icons. It I launched it in the morning. It's about ten or eleven in the morning, and by three o'clock in the afternoon, I sold one, and I was like, dang. I clearly either priced it wrong, uh, nobody likes them, I did something wrong. And so I figured, you know what, I'll, I'll do like a promotion and I'll for sure sell one or, or sell, for sure sell some, which for sure worked. Uh, I offered anybody who would, who would buy them by midnight the first day, like I would hand draw their avatar. And mm-hmm. then I got like 30, like immediately. I was like, oh no. What you're now selling even... is hand-drawn avatars. <laughs> now, now, it's, now it's like the cheapest manual labor mm-hmm. because these, dude, it takes, I've spent already more time doing a dozen of the avatars than I did. Yeah. Uh, not not exactly, but it feels like I'm spending more time. <clears throat> Excuse me. I got to uh, imagine it takes at least half an hour to do one and do a decent Yeah, it's a solid 20 minutes. It. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and the, the mistake isn't so much doing, like giving something away. I think it's giving something of value a way that requires more work for you that doesn't increase your reach at all. Like, mm-hmm. right? So if it was, if you buy it and share or retweet to three friends or something or like post, do a blog post sharing it and I'll draw your avatar, like then there's a chance for the audience, like more people to find it. And that would make more sense than just getting them to buy now versus when they need it later if they need it, right? Yeah. So that w- that was the mistake I made. So if you're if you're thinking about a launch promotion, don't get super excited about just getting <laughs> something sold. It's uh yeah, think about the strategy behind it. I don't know. I- again, I did it all kind of really 
in a short amount of time as like a personal challenge because I felt kind of burnt out and wanted to do something. Yeah. Wanted to do something fresh and uh, take a break just for a day from for uh, sure. from working on bugs or whatever. So no regrets. It was fine. All good. The avatars, I'm terrible at drawing people, like historically. And I'm honestly, it's the, the silver lining is I'm getting pretty good. <laughs> like it's just because you're being not, forced to dude, do it over let me, and over let me and show over you. And over. Exactly. Let me show you this. Uh, we, I guess we could probably put a link in the show notes or something. I can put these sure. up somewhere. Um, but let me show you my first one versus my last one. Okay. <laughs> I so saw like, though I think the only one I saw was the one you did for Caleb, which was okay. uh, his was good because his avatar is like so recognizable. Right. Yeah. Um, he's like in front of his laptop and his yeah. eyebrows are all up. Yeah. So I did Marcel. Uh, how do you say his last name? I don't uh, know. It's like Posh- Posio or something. Yes, yes, yeah. Posio. All right, so here's here's Marcel's. This is number one. Okay. Yep. Right. It's not. It's okay. Great. Sure. Like it's okay if you're kind of going for purposely bad. Uh, and then, like the one I just did, is uh, Duncan McLean. He's like a, a static developer. And it's like actually starting to oh, look yeah. a lot better. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's something. I, I don't that's know. That's some rapid progress, really, at the end yeah. of the day. There's a, like, here's this one's also pretty good. Gregory Aldape. Aldip? Not, not too bad. Yeah. I like yeah. it. So, well Silver Lining, I kind of enjoy it. I just, I feel like I got to rush these out to, I don't nice. know. I, Whatever. Are you just doing these on like your iPad or something with the? Yeah, so I'm using Adobe Fresca, Fresco, Fresca. I can't remember which. And then uh, I'll bring it into. You can export it as PDF, and then it's so it's vector, and I can clean it up a little bit in Illustrator if I need to, and then export it. Very cool. So yeah, kind of, kind of fun. Nice. So man. not 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 all a waste. What's new with you? I don't know, a bunch of stuff. Um, cool. I would say the biggest disruptive thing that has happened to me, that this could probably be a whole episode of talking about the ramifications of this. and uh, Well, your, maybe it um, will be. Your uh, experience with this similar stuff is we got a notification on Thursday from Gumroad mm. that um, PayPal was basically forcing them to stop acting as a middleman for PayPal transactions. So historically, whenever someone buys anything from us using PayPal, it goes to Gumroad's PayPal account, wherever that is. I don't care, don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then every week, Gumroad just tallies up like how much money we've made and they deposit us some money directly into our bank account. So historically, we've been able to accept PayPal without ever having our own PayPal account, which has been the best way in the world to do it. Oh my God. Like that has been every time someone says, why do you use Gumroad? I'm like, I can accept PayPal payments without a PayPal account. That is like always basically been my number one top of my list feature for like what, how I pitch Gumroad to people. Yeah. And it's not that the having the account is the problem with PayPal. It's the integrating with PayPal is the problem. That's right? a problem. But having the account is not great either because what that means is if we, if we do like 2,500 PayPal sales per year or whatever, that's 2,500 individual transactions we have to worry about for bookkeeping. Right, yes. Whereas mm-hmm. otherwise, it's just the 52 weekly PayPal or Gumroad deposits. Right. And the Gumroad, like, de- yeah, the yeah. Gumroad deposits are like just this big blind batch um, yep. because Gumroad is like on all of the customer invoices and receipts, it's Gumroad is the seller. It's like Gumroad LLC. Every time they buy anything from us, they technically bought it from Gumroad, not from us, at least yes. from our perspective anyways. And 
And I think um, we can make a convincing case to the Canadian Revenue Agency that that's also true. Right, but, so um, tax-wise, way easier. Way simpler. Like, we are yes. just receiving a royalty from Gumroad. Gumroad is essentially our client who's paying us a royalty. So we only have to worry about our relationship with Gumroad, not our relationship with every individual customer. Whereas yes. as soon as you start accepting PayPal payments directly, now I have to start worrying about, okay, is that was that person in Canada? If so, what province? What tax rate should I have to charge them and remit to the government? And that is just like... Uh, the whole reason I used Gumroad was to never think about that, right? So they're introducing a change there, um, which means we have to connect our own PayPal account, but not our own Stripe or anything. So they would still batch up all the credit card transactions, but they wouldn't batch up the PayPal transactions. Uh, They'd like pass it through? Yeah, I guess. It, It just becomes this like weird half integration or like they're like handling half of it for us, but not the other half. So it puts us in this middle ground where it's not like we have this like done for you merchant of record set up, mm-hmm. but we also don't have this like direct relationship with our customers. We manage everything. It's like some are that and some are not. And to me, that's just like, no, either, yeah, we, sucks. either we do everything ourselves and worry about sales tax ourselves and all that stuff and just work directly with PayPal and Stripe, which I don't really want to do either because of the administrative mm-hmm. overhead mm-hmm. or... We use a service that handles all of it. And historically, Gumroad has been that service, although um, on paper, they've never really been, uh, they've never like advertised that they're like a merchant of record, right? Which means they are like the seller and we're like receiving a royalty. But again, because we're outside of the US and they're in the US and the invoices say their name on them, felt like a really easy case to make to the revenue agency that like uh our name is not even on the receipt like they didn't buy from us it's like when you buy something from it's like when adobe sells boxed copies of photoshop to future shop and someone buys it they bought it from future shop they didn't buy from adobe you know what i mean right yep so yeah so basically we have to come up with a solution there um so that is something that sucks that we're dealing with because Gumroad is allegedly forcing you to connect a PayPal account by October 31st. Otherwise, you they will shut off like accepting PayPal for your account, basically. So yeah. I did some numbers, and that's like 25% of all our sales. But, of course, that doesn't mean that we'd lose 25% of sales. It just means that 25% of people, when given the option, preferred PayPal. Correct. But there's not a lot of people out there who have the balls to run the experiment to find out how many sales do they actually lose? You know what I mean? Right. Um, We've never supported PayPal with Statomix. So I'd never know, I've never known how many more sales I would have had if we supported it. Yeah. So what do you do for like people outside of the U S where credit cards are not as common, just make them pay with a credit card. Yep. That's the only way to do it. We will, uh, I've, I have taken taken invoices and done bank wires or checks before, and just like on a manual one off basis. Mm-hmm. They're like, but we really like we already built the site and we just need to buy the license. And you're like, all right, look, of, of course we're going to take care of you. Yeah, and then I have to make a note and like QuickBooks, like this one, you know, it's, it's yeah, awkward. it's like a couple things but, you have to track manually. They have to remember to reconcile properly with all the Stripe exported stuff at the end of the year. Or- yeah, it's not the end of the world, uh, but 
I, it's not scalable, so it's not something I'm gonna put on our checkout. Like, hey, we, we accept POs, and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. do that. Now, yeah. now I've said it out on the internet, but again, <laughs> if you can please use a card of any kind, that is the way we operate. That's that's yeah. the best way for us. So yeah, so, I mean, I, ideally, supporting PayPal would be something we'd love to do, but you know, we're a smaller team than than you guys are, and it's just like I don't have the capacity no. to add add the support you just can't can't handle it we need like a like an accountant or like a a technical bookkeeper or something you know like that is like on staff if i knew that i could just literally never ever 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 think about it Mm -hmm. then i would be fine accepting all that stuff right i just don't want to do the the work yeah there's not even work to do that's as long as there's no work to do i guess is what i'm saying if if we means we have to like integrate with paypal Right, so that's be what it. I mean. Yep. Uh, that would be as far as I would go, and then from then on, as long as I never have to log into the PayPal account and someone mm-hmm. else is doing it and tracking all that stuff, then fine. We pay like Bench for all our bookkeeping stuff, which is good, but I still don't get the same level of confidence that I feel like I really would want if we had a really sophisticated setup with lots and lots of individual transactions coming in all the time. Cause right. it's very much just like a service where there's like five different people doing the books and it's kind of a revolving door of people leaving and coming and going. And, um, I just never have really felt that like, it, it feels like when they run into like a complicated situation, they just make like a gut call. Don't really ask me about it and just move on. Cause you know what I mean? And that's good enough for most things. Yeah. But for mm-hmm. when it's managing every single individual sale, I feel like, uh, I could have like find a bookkeeper that I can give my PayPal password to. And I just don't really want to do that. Um, right. Right. So yeah, so I mean, two, for our purposes, yeah, okay. go ahead. Oh, we can both go ahead at the same time again. Uh, yeah, I mean, for our purposes, we use Stripe the way you use Gumroad because we don't support PayPal. We just get a 1099K. All the transactions are in there. It's, you know, tax-wise, it's very simple. But uh, Yeah, do you worry about yeah. tax for, like, you know, people from New York, you're supposed to charge this to. People from Colorado, you're supposed to charge this to. Well, I'm in Florida now, and there's no digital sales tax in Florida, so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, unless you moved somewhere else or something. But Right, but sure. I just moved here, so we're yeah. good. So you're good. Yep. And so, yeah, like Jason, who who works on the team, is also, in, also Florida, in Florida, so that's not a problem. Jesse's and in Jesse's Canada. in Canada, so, so you're not safe a problem. Too. Exactly. So for now, I don't have to worry you about have no it. no nexus in any of those places or anything. So. Correct. And Florida is probably the last state that will ever add digital sales tax in the country, oh, yeah. arguably Definitely. maybe Texas. I um, think even Texas would probably do it first at this point, but right. maybe not. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> Florida is like the wild west when it yeah. comes to a lot of this stuff <laughs> it's it's kind of awesome i'm surprised mm-hmm. that more businesses aren't moving here if i'm being honest for sure um, but uh yeah well, that's good. so that's that's the situation there what do you use in stripe right now do you have like a custom stripe elements based sort of thing or do you use like we, the we new did stripe a, checkout a full a full uh we use okay so there's two there's two aspects we use stripe checkout that's the one for the because we have a marketplace Right, so the mm-hmm. I think it's Stripe checkout, uh, where although the sellers authenticate with their own Stripe accounts, and all that when somebody buys their add-ons, we're the seller, and then we distribute like Stripe takes the cut out and gives it directly to them. So their tax stuff comes through Stripe, and our tax stuff yeah. comes through Stripe. That's and like we don't Stripe have to connect do... or whatever. Like... Stripe connect. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Stripe connect. Yeah. So that's what we do for for everything. 
But what are you doing for the actual payment stuff? Like Stripe has their like hosted checkout pages, but they also oh, have sure. like their JavaScript library where you just have your own form fields and stuff. Yep, that we have our own deal. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and so in in your statamic.com account, we have like all your sales transactions and you manage your license keys and you can mm-hmm. set up what domains they run on and all that stuff. So we kind of needed to bake it all in. If we pushed it off to an external thing, we'd still have to recreate half of it anyway so that you can Yeah. Well, do the here's the thing, like the I you definitely have to do all that stuff yourself, but at this point I'm pretty convinced I wouldn't use the Stripe JS for like their little like embedded thing that does like you type in the credit card number and all that stuff. Because the yeah. new Stripe checkout thing, which is like a hosted page, um, it has a lot of really interesting features that are really hard to build yourself. So mm-hmm. they have sales tax handling in the US already, and they're going to be doing dynamic sales t- rate handling soon. I did a call with them about this the other day. Nice. Um, but they also have like Apple Pay support is like built right in. So I'm guessing like you don't have Apple Pay, right? On Correct. The, yeah. Correct. Which for this type of thing... Apple You're Pay, usually Apple not Pay on your is phone. like, yeah, like, Apple Pay on your phone, best purchasing the best. experience ever. Oh my ever. God. There's never been a better one. No. Like, yeah. oh, I see something on some, like, I, like I was buying something from CanadianProtein.com the other day, right? And I'm yep. just looking, I find what I want. I'm expecting to hit like add to cart, go through a whole thing, but there's like an add to cart button and an Apple Pay button right underneath it. So I press the Apple Pay button and I'm thinking, okay, well, yeah, sure. I, I'm probably still going to have to type in some stuff. Nope. Type in nothing. It like knows your email and knows your address. Your address. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do nothing. Like, oh my God, it's the most dangerous impulse purchasing technology ever invented. I can't um, tell you the number of things I bought on Instagram because I tap it to look at it and there's an Apple Apple Pay button. And I'm like, uh, I use an Apple card too, like so I yeah. get the rewards. And so I have my Apple Cash card loaded with the cash back. I've got like, I don't know, $700 in there. That's and I'm just awesome. like, um, it's not like real money. I can just buy it's it. Just and so I have, like, <laughs> I have like all these tiki mugs and like random yeah. like paintings that don't have a place in my office yet. I'm like, I probably need to stop yeah. that. I need to slow down. But uh, dude, it is like, it's like crack. I you just hit it yeah. and it comes. It's like that's it. So that's like one of the exciting things about Stripe checkout, right? Is the Apple Pay thing, which again for our businesses is probably not a game yes. changer the way it is for like some funny T-shirt on Instagram. You know what I mean? Right. Like, because most people are not on their phones, and so the in-browser experience, like on a desktop, is not the same. It's good like, if you're on Safari, but most people aren't using Safari. Right. Most people who do use a Mac who do use Safari. I, I don't even have Apple Pay set up on my computer. I, I went to try Neither this the I. other day just to see what the experience was like. And I noticed, like, I don't even have cards connected to my computer version of my Apple account, whatever that means. Like, I thought they right. were all kind of the same, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's not as common. Um, still cool, though. I, I think where it would be good for us is for, like, the refactoring UI book. That's sure. like a, something where if someone finds it linked from a tweet and sees it and likes the landing page. Like I saw a book on Gumroad the other day and Gumroad doesn't support Apple Pay, although they say it's coming by the end of the year. And I went to buy it because um, I thought, yeah, this looks kind of interesting. And then I got the Gumroad checkout screen and then um, I didn't have my wallet in my pocket. And I mm-hmm. said, eh, I'm not going to go get it and type this in. And to this yep. day, I still haven't bought it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but so, you would have if there was less friction. If there was Apple Pay, I would own that right now. You know, yeah. So that's um, interesting. So there's that. What, it, what interests me more, though, is that they have a bunch of stuff that I want to believe makes it PayPal less of a requirement for people outside of the U.S. 
So it does a bunch of this like localization detection stuff, it detects like what country you're in. And like, for example, if it detects you're in the Netherlands, then the checkout page will have like a tab. So it'll have the credit card and then I'll have like ideal, which is like the, the Netherlands based like direct bank payment option. Uh, um, so so that's like the hyper localized payment it, methods. Exactly. So it detects yeah. where you are and it tries to show you like the best thing Stripe supports that is like something you probably have access to because of where you which live. Which is way better than what we do, which is a static form, essentially, where we have like a state slash province field and not all countries follow the same format, yeah. right? I would, like, oh. I would highly consider investing like an hour into just like reading Experimenting the API docs it. and just see yeah. like how quickly could we switch to this? Because all it is on the server side is a matter of initiating like a new checkout session through the Stripe API, it gives you back like some token that you pass. It does a redirect to like literally a Stripe hosted thing. So you're at like checkout.stripe.com or whatever, which mm -hmm. at this point, like I would say like maybe five years ago, that might make people feel kind of weird. But I think at this point that almost is the yeah, opposite. It makes people right? feel like, ah, this is like real legit. This is on Stripe. Stripe's There's like, no way this is going to be in a plain text database now. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. also you don't have to worry about any of those regulation stuff because now none of the payment stuff is even happening on your servers, you know? So not that like yes. Stripe did a good job of basically making you immune to that already anyways, but now you're like ultra safe from mm -hmm. it. Like there's not mm -hmm. even a chance that you can- No man in the middle stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, and you get all that like localization stuff, potentially the tax stuff, if you ever cared about it in the future. Um, and then once it's done, they just like redirect back to your site with probably something in the URL that you can use to like check. Bounce them back to the order exactly, ID or something. Make sure that yeah. it was all legit. And now you never have to worry about like, this is my favorite part about it, honestly, which is something I forgot about that I love about Gumroad is you don't have to worry about when there's like a failure. Because even though Stripe's API docs are really good, for stuff mm -hmm. like that, I'm always worried. Like, is there an exception I'm forgetting to catch? Uh, that has <laughs> happened before. Yeah. yeah. Where every now and then I'll be like, I just get a blank page. And because... And someone just tried to pay you. That's like, oh, man, that, <laughs> I never feel worse as like a developer mm -hmm. than when I get an email from someone who just tried to buy something and it didn't go through and they didn't get a, and they just like it just looked like it blew up just because died. now they're like what happened to my money is it like in space did you, did you now? take can it? i get it is back it not? Like, yeah it's like really like wonka a, like doo -doo 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 -doo. that's the What's worst happening? feeling worst feeling to feel like you and, have to like comfort someone through that you know what i mean and they had to take another step to email you knowing that it might even take 2 days to yeah, get back exactly right? yeah that's sorry uh it's like probably a hold on your card now and like you yeah. just look like such a dick, right? So yes, this, the hosted checkout thing, like, of course, you never have to worry about that. The only thing you experience is successful payments, basically. You know what I mean? Yes. Which is, which is nice. So anyways, I would explore that if I were you. Um, yeah. There's no, I, the only I, reason we haven't is because we had already built it and it was still yeah, working. And there's other stuff to do. That's the, and there's other probably the do. bigger reason. Like, you can only do one thing. To work on that, you would have to not work on something different. Um, that is so. true. That's true. However, if it means a couple more sales go through, it's worth the time. Right? Yeah, because it's hard to know if they would, because again, it's probably not a super impulse purchasey sort of product. Like when someone decides to buy it, they're probably like, they see the credit card thing, and it's like, okay, well, we've decided to buy this. I better figure yes. out how to actually get stuff in there. 
Yeah, uh, but our, it might our, it might save you the manual bank transfer stuff and the QuickBooks and a little bit. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, it could be some some French benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our 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 buying cycle is so funky. I don't know how to even collect usable data on it. Yeah, and uh, this this could be an interesting topic. We don't have to get into it now, but the high level is like you don't. You can use Statomic as long as you want, and until you put it on a production server, you don't have to pay for it. Yeah. However, if you want support, you need to buy it. So, like, there's a point where you can, you know, like, you want to ask us questions, we'll get back to you right away with technical answers. We'll help you through that stuff if you own a license. So, like, that can shorten the cycle. But from the number of installs, uh, like, you, like, the packages downloads versus... Like when people are buying, it could be three. Like, how long does it take to build a website? Months, a day, yeah. a week, a month, a year. It, I, totally, it yeah. Five yep. years, hundred yeah. percent. It can totally depend. And until they either need support or finish the project, we don't we don't know what's coming. And that's hard for us is is to actually have a good projection. When sales are down, does it mean we're doing a bad job, or does it mean like, or actually, we could be doing amazingly well? There could be ten thousand new like, people using it's like it. A delayed indication right like you yeah. never know and that's Your a really today, tough problem i gotta believe that is yeah there's got to be a huge lag between any marketing efforts versus any um sales data for that just in general yeah i have to imagine the shortest cycle ever is a, a minimum a few days but that's probably like the long tail one percent of people who build a sound of in a day and launch it i gotta bet right. it's It'd be interesting to find out, like, if you could get the data on, like, somehow knowing the the median sort of like time frame between when someone initializes like a new site and um, pays for it. Yeah, that's something we could poll for. Like, we could send uh, an email. You could, and... you could probably build like some telemetry into Statomic that generates like a UUID, like when the site is created and sends like a thing back to your server, saying, mm. "Hey, we created this site." And then when they kind of put in their license key for it, eventually it sends another thing to your server. Hey, this one just became like a paid one. Check check the two timestamps. You know what I mean? That's interesting because we generate the site keys on our side, on the statomic.com side, not on the client side, like on the end website. And you go and you put it in. If we went the other way and like sent that up, yeah. I mean, I don't want to do anything that would be a pain for our customers. I don't want to make any more work for them. I'd like to find ways to make it less work. However, we could do a better job of like, hey, look, we've got a lot of, like on, we, we know a lot of people, like there's a lot of sites being built right now. We could actually hire confidently and bring another developer on because I think there's sales yeah. coming. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Hmm. hmm. Like, for example, like, Statomic 3 has been out for, like, six weeks now, and we have more uh, installs and downloads on packages than Grav, which is, like, an open-source competitor of ours, and they've been around for, like, four years. Yeah. They have 12,000 stars, and we already have, you know, thousands more installs than them, but Mm -hmm. our sales haven't changed, like, at all since... Like yeah, be two days. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's one of those challenges as a business owner trying to like project essentially what's one-off sales. That is hard. I never really thought about this because I think I basically everything I've ever made has been like a very in the aspirational product category. Like people buy it way before they plan to use it, where mm-hmm. yours is like they literally the opposite. They buy it way yes. after they've decided to use it. 
Right, um, which if you're thinking about business models to start, if you're trying to get a side project going, it's the worst one. <laughs> it's absolutely the like because they have to, they have to commit to your product and like they can build the whole thing and use technical support or like be in the forums and like kind of take from you. And yeah. I don't mean that negatively. I just mean they're just like when they're the the time that they spend that involves you is all before they give you the money. Usually the time. So. Uh, usually the time. That's not English. <laughs> usually the time. U- usually the time. <laughs> usually, I think it's just the word you're yeah. looking for. <laughs> uh, usually, most of the time. Yeah, I'm gonna get that on a t-shirt. Yeah, usually the time I wear this shirt. Yeah, um, usually the time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. If you if if you're trying to get a side project going to maybe quit your day job, try what try looking at what Adam's done versus what I've done. <laughs> I I like to play life. I play life on like expert mode. On you know? hard mode, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's like uh like Diablo three's nightmare mode. Like yeah, yeah, like you die, you, might... you don't come back to life. <laughs> like um, uh, I don't all know your why items I do that. are gone. Yeah, that's it. Level uh, one cleric. Have fun. That's tough. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. Stripe checkout looks pretty Stripe cool. Checkout for that's, us. The yeah, main blocker is uh, they don't have sales tax support in canada at a per province level but they told me that's coming soon um but so far like what they have looks pretty good they just have like a they just released like a beta of their dynamic tax rate support which is um i think that's the one that like as you're filling out your billing information it'll detect changes and update the sales tax and stuff like that and so that's really useful if we ever need to be in the position to take all that stuff ourselves and deal with all these individual transactions. But currently I'm planning to, if at all possible, not manage those. So the other option yeah. for us, the other main, like t- it's Stripe or Paddle for us. I don't oh, know okay. if you looked yes, into Paddle. Paddle. Like Paddle is, is a good option for you guys in a way. Like they're designed for you as much as they're designed for us. Um, paddle is good because like their main value proposition is they advertise. We are a merchant of record. Stop worrying about sales tax. We manage all that for you. Uh, we're based in Europe. And if you sell to people in Europe, you need to collect VAT and we'll collect it for you. And we'll remit it to Mm. the right countries for you. And you can decide whether to make the price inclusive for VAT or exclusive, which is nice. So like right now when someone buys something from us, it's like 250 bucks. They go to Gumroad. They're from some country with outrageous VAT, like Switzerland or whatever. And it's going to, at checkout time, say, oh, actually, it's $311 because you have 25% sales tax, which mm-hmm. I got to imagine makes people not buy it a lot of the time, especially because in Europe, like taxes are included in the advertised price. So you're already not used to the price changing. And right. it's also like just went up a bunch of like a good chunk good chunk so Mm -hmm. we can say in the paddle dashboard um just give that person a 25 percent discount essentially you know gotcha um Mm -hmm. which i don't think we will do because businesses don't really have to pay vat you know what i mean like they they get it right they're exempt from it yeah Yeah. as long as you put your id and mm -hmm. so yeah so it's like no one is winning really they're just getting a discount for no reason instead of yeah you're like passing info around and eventually it all resolves like yeah, nobody yeah. pays extra yeah but that's a cool feature um but also like the big one is yeah just that they can accept paypal without us worrying about a paypal account they support apple pay without us having to do anything um paddle does 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. They don't ha- okay. they don't support it the way I expected, and I talked to them about it today, and they're gonna look into if they can switch it. But basically, they collect your email and location, and then offer you Apple Pay. And I was like, the whole point mm. of Apple Pay is to like just to skip the show the button process. right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Especially in your case when you're buying like a discrete download package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I don't know. It'll be interesting to hear what they do there, but. Yeah, they they like take this very strong stance of we remove tax liability from you, which Gumroad dances around and doesn't really be clear about. Um, So that would give me a lot of peace of mind, feeling like, okay, now we're on a platform where if the Canadian government decided to audit us and asked us why we weren't collecting sales tax, I'd be able to like put them in touch with someone who would like vouch for us instead of like Gumroad, which would just be like, uh... Sorry, we're not home know. right now. Hang up. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> that's that's my move. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I think we're going to switch to Paddle, but the fees are higher. So like Gumroad is 3.5% plus 30 cents, uh, which is the same as Stripe for us because Stripe advertises yeah. 2.9%, but for international transactions, it's plus 0.6%. And all our transactions are international because there's so few yep. people who live in Canada. You've, um, yeah. yeah so, you and Steve. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Paddle is like 5% plus 50 cents, which at our scale, that yeah, extra 1.5%, that can be like 50 grand a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can which you, is do you have like, enough leverage to try and get a better deal? Uh, yeah, we're going to negotiate that down hopefully. But yeah. I would, I, I expect it'll still probably be like 4.5% maybe instead of 5 you know, which is fine. I'm willing to pay more for like the peace of mind and, and also yep. not and also because like the Gumroad option is literally being k- taken away from us so we have to choose something. It's not right. like we can just stick with Gumroad cuz they're killing the thing that we need. So right. um so if you would lose little, more by losing by dropping PayPal than 100%. The extra, we we yeah. would have to lose more. surely we would lose at least 1% of sales by just like killing PayPal support. If yes. PayPal right now is 25% of um transactions, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm leaning towards. We're going to have another call with them on Wednesday to talk about pricing after I send them over like some of our explicit numbers and all that stuff. And um, unless like it really is going to be, they really can't do better than like the 5%, then probably we will go with them. Otherwise, we will maybe do the Stripe checkout thing or maybe we'll just do the paddle thing in the meantime anyways because it'll be faster to switch to that than to Stripe. Sure. And then – right. Or maybe sales will go up when we switch to Paddle because they have like they have like checkout recovery. So if someone's put in their email but doesn't finish the rest of the stuff, you know, they can email them like later that day and be like, Hey, did you still want to buy this? You know, which you yeah. know, maybe that will increase revenue. I don't know. So we'll we'll see. I'm uh I'm bummed that we can't just like keep things going the way they were because I've been very happy, happy with them. Yeah. Totally happy. I've been such like a gumroad like evangelist for so long because it's been such a great setup. But now PayPal is kind of bringing the hammer down on them. So it's too bad. Have That's to how mix it goes, it up. but mm-hmm. it's work on small businesses, man. It's a lot of work, especially when it's like emergency, unexpected work that comes up when you're just about to enter like the busiest work cycle of the year, which is getting Tailwind 2.0 ready for launch. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't. So you could work on this or you could get 2.0 finished, you know? Yeah. You could yeah. either lose probably 10% of your sales 
which is significant. Yeah. Or um, yeah, you could delay that to Suck it do up, a bunch of stupid administrative crap. I think we'll yeah. still make it. Um, yeah. Nice thing about like paddle, if we have to switch to paddle, is I know people who use paddle that are also contractors. You know, so it's yeah, like, you might be hey, able to outsource. Can you it. just like yeah. go update this code for us and, and get our paddle integration working? Yeah, you don't have um, to take guys off their their tasks or anything. Yeah, and the thing is, our team is not like a team of Laravel developers either. You know, like I'm the True. Laravel developer. So yes, um, yeah, and my team is not a team of designers, although they are getting better. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So hmm. that's the big. Um, the big emergency in our world right now that I am, I'm yeah. optimistic will be not a huge deal at the end of the day. Um, I also feel like Gumroad probably won't actually shut off stuff on October 31st. Like they say, it feels like one of those things that's like when someone announces they're deprecating an API with 30 days notice and they're like, <laughs> they oh, never I've, get around to it. Cause like they're well, still using it internally. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like something, <laughs> Yeah, th- those always end up being active for like a year, not 30 yeah. days, you know what I yeah. mean? But you can uh, never rely on them because it's like the one time it happens and then your business is SOL. Yeah, so we have to come up with a solution. But um, yeah, I feel like if we don't make a change until that week, that's fine. So I'm glad we have the wheels in motion at least for like figuring out what our options are. And I'll probably do a little bit of work to like prep for it and maybe get all the products created in Paddle, even if we're not totally ready to flip the switch or whatever. But yeah, we'll see. So, well, good luck with that. I hope yeah. it works out in your favor and that your leverage is great. I hope so. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Anything else uh, going on in your world? Well, we had it actually a pretty. I guess I'd I'd call it a win. I'm I'm happy about how everything went, but uh, in in Statomic land, uh, the we've had a lot of press. We've been mentioned a lot because of uh, this whole situation with the W3C. I don't know if you've like noticed it or I, if it's I kind did of, like, see a couple floated. of tweets about like how they were choosing between Statomic and Craft CMS. Yeah, so like the W3C, uh, like the standards body for the web, more or less, right? If you're not familiar with it. Uh, decided after using WordPress for the last 10 years and being all aboard the open source train, decided they were going to leave WordPress for a new CMS. And for a number of reasons, and they have a very thorough report, they have an agency of record, uh, Studio 24 has a long report. If you're curious, we can put it in the show notes. Uh, But they they went through and said, like, look, WordPress is not going to work for our team. It's not going to work for W3C, and we need to find a different platform. And so they narrowed down out of like 100, they narrowed it down to Statomic or Craft, which is another, we both kind of came from the expression engine world, launched around the same time, just kind of took pretty drastically different approaches to, like we did the flat file thing, they went the more traditional database thing. And they said, look, Statomic is great, Craft is great, uh, and we're just going to actually come down to accessibility. And that's what ended up being like the, which, which platform they go with was whoever could support the AA standard uh, soonest. And uh, we work with Studio 24, had a bunch of calls with them over the last like basically two months talking about uh, what would it be involved. They did a, like a one day accessibility audit and opened a lot of issues on a repo that made me feel sick to my stomach. I was like, oh my God, I thought we were good at accessibility. 
Turns out... <laughs> no, that's not possible, Jack. That's not Nobody is good at accessibility. Nope. <laughs> we tried. Like, I, it's like I promise... I'm, I'm on a call with him. Like, I promise... The harder you try, the we- worse you will feel. I think that is... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was it. But the good news is also everybody... It's like there's there's no CMS that actually does this, like, quote, right. Yeah. It is so difficult. And what we were able to work out with them is like they needed by like November or December, I can't remember what the date was, they needed to have a certain level of compliance by a, a certain date. And we were we were just on the verge of launching V3. Like I can't I can't even think about extra work. We need to make sure we launch this thing. Yeah. And I said, what I can promise you is we'll try really hard. That's that's all I can do. Yeah. And Kraft said, what we can promise you is we just hired an outside agency and another developer to work on it full time, and so that's that's that. They went with Craft, uh, but I will say they said that they really, really wish they could have used Statomix. So I f- I feel like considering our our small team and kind of how new on the scene version three is, how confident they were in it made me feel good because they yeah. were. Thorough. This is a long document. They went mm-hmm. deep into the code. They went deep into like how far they're going to need to build it out, and they were very happy uh, with it overall as a platform. So I'll, I'm taking it as that's a win. good. Yeah, I mean the yeah. CMS landscape is a competitive one. So to end up in the the short list of two for uh, something like that is definitely yeah. a for win. W three C. Yeah, yeah. I'm a li- honestly, I'm a little bit relieved too that they didn't go with I agree. I agree you know like um, and you like because we would need to maintain that level of accessibility and it's not that I don't want to do it it's just we are small enough that we may in- inadvertently keep shooting ourselves in the foot and there's yeah. a difference between doing the best that we can and having it be great for everybody and like potentially being in the middle of a lawsuit because you promised something and then didn't deliver it right yeah i think so, it was not uh, yeah, it, it would have been irresponsible to make any sort of promises for sure. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a hard, hard one, man. I think um, the deeper and deeper I wade into it, the more I wish I had remained ignorant. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> because uh, it is, I don't know, I saw a tweet, uh, was this yesterday or two days ago from Getify on Twitter, who I feel like this guy's like pretty well known. Yeah, he's got more followers than me. It's got 87,000 followers. He he tweeted this, which I thought was a very very apt little thread. I'll read the whole thread here because it's only like six couple sentences. So he says, if you write some JS or CSS and you're kind of okay, you may make some mistakes, but still eke out a reasonable outcome. If you try to write accessibility-friendly markup, but you're not a deep expert on 50 different ARIA details, you'll ruin everything for screen reader users. I spent many, many hundreds of hours trying to learn and care enough about accessibility to figure out how to do reasonable things with my markup, but no matter how much I work at this, it still feels like it's all fucked up for screen reader users if it's not nearly perfect. Seriously, in my opinion, no other aspect of front-end development seems even remotely as complex and nuanced as accessibility, nor is likely to make me feel like I'm shit at this. Oh, you tried to use a native HTML element for that semantic meaning, but didn't realize you should have just used a special ARIA role value on a div? You kind of suck at this. Stand back and let the experts handle it. 
Not sure why accessibility feels this way, unlike pretty much any other front-end technology discipline. I literally feel like a bad person because I'm not able to get anywhere near close enough to a pleasing experience for screen reader users. I do plenty of stupid shit in my JavaScript. I have all kinds of ridiculous, naive CSS. But we talk about my markup not being accessibility enough, and all of a sudden I feel like I should just quit front-end development altogether. Which I think uh, anyone who has got deep into this stuff can empathize with. It feels like... I don't know. The thing that's scary to me is that this is supposed to be like you want everyone should be making accessible sites, right? But in an the, ideal world, in everything I, would in be in an ideal world. Yes. But the world that we live in, there's like there's probably like less than 50 people on the whole planet who are deep enough in their expertise in this area to not make mistakes, yes. which I feel like makes it unfair to blame like developers for not doing a good enough job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're just set up to fail essentially. Like, you know? Yeah. And when you, when um, you read through the guidelines, when you read through like the double A standard guidelines and you go through the spec, it's like reading the C sharp spec for like anonymous functions. You're like, I don't know any yeah. of these words. This is, doesn't even and, feel like and the spec English. doesn't matter is what I'm learning lately. Um, the spec is like this optimistic version of the world. It's not like how screen readers and voiceover utilities and stuff actually even work. The only way to make stuff that actually works on devices is to have access to all those devices and test things on all those devices. And um, and they're not easy to get a hold of. They're not. And a lot of them are really expensive. And a lot of them require like being an expert with the tool to even like use it, you know? Yeah. So it's pretty brutal because I don't know what like the right the right answer is like like the obviously wrong answer to me is to say that like well no one should be making websites unless they have the resources to um do all this testing and use all these tools we'd right? have no internet we'd have we'd point. have no internet um yes but that doesn't mean that it's like that we should all just uh, ignore it ignore completely. it yeah yeah also not good yeah but uh it seems like it's also like it's not even like there's a spectrum where like you can like do pretty good at it. It feels yeah. like until you get it like perfect, it's just awful. It's there's unusable. Like a, it just switches at some magical point. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. It's like so, when you're like um, doing pool chemicals, like you put one drop in, you put one drop in, you yeah. put one more drop in, then it turns purple. Yeah. Like, yeah. whoa, that was the last. It was not <laughs> working until the wa- yeah. last drop. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It is a frustrating area. Hopefully over time, like we as an industry figure out a way to make it easy for people to do a good job and that's there, something there we're needs trying to be to an do, effort but. in yeah in like practical guides with practical examples and like testing suites that help you rather than require mm-hmm. a month worth of training to learn like in over the course of that W3C uh you know working with their studio they had an accessibility expert uh and we worked with him and we said like, look, if you can show us how to test, we will try really hard and get as many things like to pass in those tests as possible. Like over the next couple of weeks, all you need to do is show us how to, how to know if what we're doing is working. Yeah. And he said, well, let me get back to you on that. And after a week, he didn't have any way for us to know if what we were doing. And this is a guy who's like full-time job for the last 20 years is nothing but accessibility. And there was no good way for us to know that our tests were actually making a difference. Sure, we were adding ARIA labels and like making sure our forms had like 
inputs that match the IDs of the fields and, you know, color contrast and all that stuff. But there's no way to run a test suite or to even like copy and paste some static stuff into a validator or something to know that what we did was better. There's no way to, we couldn't come up with a way. Yeah. That's hard. That's really really hard. Really frustrating. So if somebody can solve this, here's your business idea. This is one you will make no money at even longer than the CMS. You can push it off into 2030. But if you could do that, you will help the web. Somebody has got to figure this out so that regular, quote, regular developers who are basically on average overworked and stressed out behind the deadlines can actually make good decisions as they're building these things the first time to make yeah. better accessible accessible markup. That would be great. Tough one. We want to do it. All Sorry. right, man. Well, I think we've uh, we've got enough of an episode under our belts here. This I think, feels uh, like a whole episode, Adam. This feels like a whole episode. We got more stuff, but we've been doing long ones lately. Let's give the people a shorter one, and then maybe I tweeted. I'm sure you saw about the. Uh, Trying to figure out our schedule for this, you know, the two-week versus one-week thing. And uh, if we do them yeah. this short, I feel like we definitely have enough stuff to do it, like, more often. I like the idea of weekly. I like being able to get into people's, like, routines, you know what I mean? But yeah. I also um, I also don't want to put out an episode that we don't have anything interesting. Yeah, I don't want to make people either. listen to us or feel like they fall behind and they can't catch no. up so they bail. Yeah. That's not the goal. It's just... I yeah I think on on both your and my end it'd be nice to have oh we on on Mondays at three that's when we record and just kind yeah. of like unless something comes up have that on a standing sort of deal so I don't know yeah. like we could do and we had mentioned maybe doing every other week would be an update like we did today mm-hmm. in the last few episodes and then on a third week we would have like a topical episode that would cover something that wasn't tailwind statomic adam jack but more like here's our thought on some new piece of tech or here's our thought about uh accessibility or design tips and so maybe episode so far (laughs) well that's that's true we we blended into all of them so yeah yep for sure yeah i think it would be good we i mean we can even just do topical episodes whenever we want really um yeah it's true but so far we just got a lot of updates to talk about too and uh, i like the idea of I like I like giving people a bit of a story, you know. I like when people have some yeah. news. We're to We're busy follow, guys, so. and we're we're trying to do cool stuff. Just busying so. it up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, do we uh, do we do segments anymore? We do do segments, but um, I don't I don't have one prepared. You want to? Okay. We, we could we could bring one back, or we could just call it here. Let's just call it. Save Let's segment call it. for the next time. Yeah, or we could just talk. What, what's your favorite favorite nineties WWE? Don't tell Jonathan Rennick. He told me. <laughs> That because we talk about this, the full stack radio has jumped the shark. Oh no! All right, we can, leave it. We can leave it. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> if you, if all right, so here's here's what we can do. This, instead of go, you have more followers than me on Twitter. Oh, go to actually, this, there was a funny one. There was a funny one. But, okay, what do you got? Uh, it will only be funny to me. Actually, all right. Did you grow up with uh, siblings? I'm sure. Yeah, I have three younger siblings. Okay. So there's this one that was like this picture of someone at a restaurant in like a like a character costume that was supposed to be like coming to like sing a kid happy birthday or something. And the kid is like terrified and like running away. Uh-huh. And it's labeled like the, the dude dressed up in the lion costume is me who just learned a new wrestling move. And the kid <laughs> is that my is so younger true. brother. Yes. <laughs> and the, the, oh, no. The, uh, I just the, learned how to do the tombstone. Yeah. Let's the do quote it. is, come back. It won't even hurt that much. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that is that is very true. As the as the oldest sibling, I was rarely the recipient of the painful no, sharpshooter or figure four or arm bar or whatever. Oh my gosh, yeah. Here here's all right, here's one more thing that we could do. Go because you have more Twitter follows than me, go to twitter.com and go to the WW the nineties WD. 90s WWE Twitter account and see how many mutual followers are also following them. Because for me, four. when I go... Only with, four. <laughs> <laughs> on mine, it's you and Full Stack Radio. So it's two. Yeah, so there's me, no it doesn't intersection with our audience. It doesn't even show you. It's following. Do you, not, do you not follow me? I follow you. I mean, it's okay if you don't. But uh, yeah, I, I thought you yeah, did. Yeah, you follow each other. That's funny. Yeah. It says that you don't follow 90s WWE. Oh, you know what? I unfollowed them because... Yeah, that's funny. I unfollowed them because we're following them on the... Full Stack um, Radio account. The Full Stack Radio account. And I was getting overloaded with a lot of 90s WWE. It was a little bit too much. Yeah. So four. Okay. That is... So four. Me... We should scale so this all, back. Yeah. So literally, Full Stack Radio is one. Steve Shoker is another one. Dave Marshall, I don't know if you know Dave, Dave Development from like the, he's a PHP OG I'm guy. I'm aware of him. Yeah, yeah. He follows then, it, which. And then was me. And then the only other one is my buddy Dan, who works a vehicle in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in Waterloo. So I guess this is the last time we talk about that because it's it's important that people actually enjoy listening to the show and we can, That's, we can yeah. just send it back and forth. I don't know. That's okay. Sad. I don't want to, I don't want to be the Fonz uh, jumping no. the shark, you know, that's okay. Sorry, Jonathan. 